Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix Please put your hands together and make a little noise For your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys Ooh, Bosco's boys Come on, boys the boys are back, and sadly, it is a remote pod because I'm. it's taking all my energy to not sound like a dying person because I'm pretty sure I'm coming down with the cold, and I don't want to pass it on to you because you save people's lives, and I can't have you getting sick. Fair enough. I respect respect the decision. I think we we can get by one more one more time with Skype. Oh, I'm sure this won't be the last, but it isn't ideal, but I'll tell you what is ideal, and that is the customer service over at mybookie.ag, literally the best in the biz. You can email them, call them, DM them on Twitter. They will answer, and because the boneheads are elite, if you use promo code CHAIR, what will the listeners get? 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. Uh, that means you can put down $1,000 on whatever you're betting on, and you'll get an extra $1,000 to play with. Um, only can do that at mybookie.ag. Head on over there. Use promo code CHAIR. You play, you win, you get paid, guys. Do it. Yep. You can't do that in Council Bluff, Iowa, <laughs> but you can do it at mybookie.ag. All right, let's just get right into it. Uh, Wildcat wrap-up presented by KSA Online, some football recruiting news. Second straight week, we get to talk a little bit about a new commit. This one is out of Georgia, TJ Smith. He was the guy we've been talking about for a while now. He was a one-time Memphis commit. He pledged his future to K-State after the big win versus KU. Made the announcement Monday morning. He is ranked by rivals as the number 60 defensive back in the nation and the number 79 prospect in the hotbed that is Georgia high school football. Uh, We beat out Memphis, of course, Houston, Wake Forest, Kentucky, Louisville, Boston College, and a handful of other uh, folks, uh, look for him to play safety or possibly nickelback when he arrives on campus. And it sounds like he is going to be an early enrollee, so he will get spring ball as well. Um, they get they get back on the board. I think this brings us up to uh, top 35 recruiting class right now. Um, how pumped were you when you saw T.J. Smith finally pulled the trigger and he decided he wanted to be a cat? I was super pumped. Um, it's a good indicator for our recruiting trajectory. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first flip of our 2020 class, maybe. Is this the first flip in climbing recruiting era? You get one in 2019? No, because uh, yeah, I think he flipped uh, Youngblood. I think he was going to be at a smaller school. There are a couple other guys that were uh, late uh, flips after climbing came in. Uh, we flipped quarterback from North Dakota That's State, right. but uh, handful. But it is the first one of the 2020 class. You hope it's not the only one. But even if it is, uh, you, you look at the recruiting class right now, and you see us hitting all the needs that you have. Uh, with him coming in, that's uh, five defensive backs across cornerbacks and safeties to replenish those guys. Uh, they're hitting Juco still real hard for defensive linemen and offensive tackles. But you're getting to the point where almost anything you bring in, it can be a luxury best available because they've filled the needs of this class pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like our class, how it looks going forward. Um, it's exciting times for the Cats and recruiting. Um, not much to add. I think we should talk about some hoops. Um, not a great yeah. second game against Washburn. They only beat them 66 to 56. Um, pretty ugly from start to finish. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Uh, for as good as that Emporia State game was, Washburn game wasn't. Bruce Weber has been uh, pretty vocal in the past about not liking having two exhibition games. I think when he has a more veteran team, he likes to do. More- scrimmages 
instead of a second uh, exhibition game uh, because I, I would guess the focus probably isn't quite there the way it should. And there was some sound in some reporting coming out of Manhattan that they actually did have a full practice before that. So heavy legs might have played a little bit part of that. Uh, but you did have to play Snead 36 minutes in the exhibition game to get that win. Uh, 10 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals. Mack played 31 minutes, so his fouling was down. He had 69, or 16 points, 9 rebounds. But he had 6 turnovers versus Washburn. Um, you know, this might be the kiss of death, or not the kiss of death, but the kiss of good fortune for Mack because I'm going to rail on him a little bit, and he always seems to put me in my place when I do this. But, man... Having turnovers versus Washburn, a team where he was towering over the floor, that is very concerning, don't you think? I'm sorry. We had really bad connection there. Um, you just kind of came back to me after about 30 seconds of talking. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I just, I just said that, uh, you know, Mac having six turnovers versus Washburn, that's a bit concerning, especially when he towers over basically there. Yeah, it is a little concerning, but – at least that's something that you can clean up. I like to see mainly that his foul counts down. Um, and I like him getting nine boards, 16 points. He was hitting a lot of mid-range shots, which was um, just perfectly on brand for K-State basketball. Um, Cardi was a little concerning, played only 24 minutes. He was having some serious foul trouble, had eight points, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, Mike, 0 from 5 from the field. How concerned are you about those two guys? I'm not concerned about Cardi. I think it just comes back to he's just a guy who's pressing a little bit much. I think once he finds his rhythm, everything's going to be fine. Uh, very concerned about Mike because um, I I just think that he probably sees all the young guys playing guard um, and probably feels some pressure because everyone is hyping up Dejuan Gordon. Everyone's starting to you know get infatuated with David Sloan. I think the if he can't carve out a role and really stick to it, I'm really concerned because uh, he, he brings it on the defensive end, but you can see it, uh, him just basically overthinking everything he does on the offensive end uh, when he's in a slump. We saw him going really long stretches, not being able to score last year. So I'm really hoping he can get it figured yeah, out. Yeah, he may end up just being one of our yes, utility guys. That's one of our better yes. defenders. Um, I hope that he can figure it out from the offensive side. Hopefully he's not pressing. You know, It's not one of those situations where he's pressing too much where he feels like, man, I really got to get it going from the offensive end. But um, it's early days. You know, Mike, I think I I, yeah. I hope I'm optimistic that he can figure it out and start to contribute offensively. Um, Levi Stockard, on, <clears throat> on the other hand, started, played 12 minutes, had four points, four fouls. Um, not great from Levi. Montavious um, Murphy, 22 minutes, 11 points, four of six from the field with five rebounds. I really, really like Montavious Murphy so far. Um, I think he's going to play a significant part for us this season. I think he needs to be starting. I, um, I, I don't. I, I. I've always kind of been down on Levi, um, and he will. If this team is going to be a tournament team, if they're going to overachieve, you're going to need le- production from Levi. But I think you need to go with Montavious Murphy as your starter, and then almost maybe if you're if you're hurting for scoring, get Antonio Gordon out there. He only played in 16 minutes of that last exhibition game, but he was two of three from the field and got three rebounds in his time in there. I really want to just ride with those four guys, or those two guys playing the four and have Levi spell Mac at the five when Mac's getting in foul trouble. Yeah, um, I agree. I've been really impressed with uh, Montavious Murphy and Antonio Gordon. They just are far more athletic than I ever anticipated them being, especially Antonio Gordon. Um, I think that I think they're going to contribute You know, this year far more than I thought they were going to. Yep, I agree with you. Dejuan had a much better game, 18 minutes, 3 of 6 from the field, 6 points, 4 rebounds, excuse me. Uh, David, Sloan, David Sloan had 18 minutes, 1 or 2 from the field, 3 points. Uh, when Sloan gets on the court, I think I said field. Uh, oh, yeah, 1 of 2 from the field. When Sloan gets on the court, I don't need him to be a scorer. Um, I, I just, I'm really hoping that over the first handful of regular season games we see his defense progress because you can see him as kind of like that maestro down there uh, distributing the ball on offense. And I think that's going to be his role. And I really think we have a guy 
who knows his skill set, and he's not going to try to do anything outside of that. I'm excited for him. And, again, it was good to see Dejuan have a better game versus Washburn than he did versus Emporia State. Um, what are you going to be looking for um, for those two, from those two guys early on? In this I think season? it's going to take a little time for Dejuan to kind of get into his role and kind of uh, find out find out uh, the difference in level of play. You know, it's a big step up, but I think he's still got the talent level that he's going to have some games where he is really splashing some points this year. Um, I think he's going to be a solid contributor offensively. I agree with David Sloan. Um, it's nice that we have we can have like an experienced guard that we can just plug in right now. Um, you know, with with this transition year, and I think that's going to help us kind of take things to another level this year. Um, we're recording on game day, so when you guys are listening to this, we will have already played North Dakota State. Um, we have another game at Saturday, 3 p.m. at UNLV. This is the Vegas game. It's going to be on ESPN3. Um, it's free, so you don't need an ESPN Plus subscription. But you should probably already have one of those. So you can have that on the second screen while the Cats are dominating uh, Texas down in Austin. Yep, I, I'll i have it on my laptop. Um, I'll have the uh, Cats game, the football game on my big screen. But I'll be keeping up with it. Uh, we'll maybe try to touch on the UNLV game uh, during the Texas review. It kind of depends on how the football game goes. Depending on what we end up doing for the Friday show, we might touch on the North Dakota State game. But even knowing that when everyone's listening to this uh, after the North Dakota State game has been played, what are you really looking for in these first two games to start the season? Wow, that's a hell of a broad question there. Um, I just... I mean, well, first of all, I hope we get a couple dubs. Um, it would be really great to travel down to um, Las Vegas and play UNLV, who's a historically difficult team to play, um, starting to. Now, I think I picked us to to be pretty hot in our non-conference. So for my brand, I hope that we can start out 2-0. But um, I'd like to see – I want to see Cardi um, stop pressing a little bit, um, take the next step in his offensive game. Um be one of those top three scorers. I think that's going to be important for his confidence going forward. I want to see Max stay on the floor. Um, <laughs> I could just check a whole bunch of generic boxes, but I'll let you take over. Yeah, I think the number one thing I want to see in these first two games is Max staying on the floor. Uh, again, he has to be one of the leaders. He's a senior. Um, I want to see Xavier Sneed just play within himself. I don't think we have to worry about him pressing. I think I think he is cemented in his role, and while Matt said he doesn't maybe have that alpha personality. I think he has that alpha game. Uh, but most importantly, I, I just want to see two wins. Um, Agreed. A lot of folks want to compare this season almost to like that Marcus Foster year where you lost so much production and you had to scrap your way through the non-con. And I think they ended up with 10 wins in the Big 12 play to get to the tournament as a ninth seed. Um I think you might see a similar type of season, but here's the thing. If you don't lose games that you're the more talented team in the non-conference, all of a sudden, instead of being a nine seed, you're a seven or eight or maybe a six seed. So I think that winning these two games versus teams, while capable uh, in North Dakota State, might be a tournament team again. They were last year. Um, Getting two wins early is going to be massive just to keep the momentum going. At the end of the day, as long as you're getting the dubs for this team this season, I don't really care how pretty. It I completely is. agree. Starting two now would be huge. Um, early confidence doesn't matter. One point win, ten point win, I don't care. Yeah, and I know a lot of folks have a lot of confidence, and I'm, I'm not, I'm going to try my best during this basketball season not to tell folks how to be a fan, but I would really stress that if you do drop one of these games not to melt down and just completely go back to old habits because at the end of the day, you are having to get a lot of guys playing in roles they're unfamiliar with and you're going on the road in a new time zone versus one team and you're playing a tournament team that returns almost all of their productions tonight. Um, So, you know, hopefully we win by 20 and everyone's laughing at this part of it, but uh, I, I would just hope that folks can hold off going full meltdown uh, if we do drop one of these. That applies to me as well. <laughs> I'll do my best. Yeah, I mean, well, no. I won't melt down. That's just my plea. At, at the, well, no, at the end of the day, again, I'm trying my best not to tell folks 
how to be a fan because it's annoying, and I'm sure it's even more annoying if it comes from someone like uh, one one of us who is supposed to be the fan podcast. But uh, yeah, I, I just I, I hope I hope it doesn't come to that. But we'll we'll move on quickly. Um, women's basketball, they had two pretty good uh, exhibition performances. They beat Washburn 75-59. They beat Fort Hayes 78-60. Both those teams are going to actually be pretty good down in Division II. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they could do, uh, they're could going to do this season. Their first two regular season games, both of them on ESPN+. Plus. It's Friday 6.30 versus Omaha and Monday 6.30 versus UIC. That's the University of Illinois Chicago. Uh, both these games in Bramlage. Uh, I think for the women, to they need to start building out their resume right now. I think again, they might make some noise in the Big Twelve finish. You know, top, you know, three, top four in the Big Twelve, and I want to see them get into a position where they are a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament and have a shot at making that second weekend for the first time in a long while. Couldn't agree more. Volleyball split their two games last week, dropping the road game at West Virginia and beating TCU in the Fieldhouse. Saturday night at 6.30 on ESPN+, Plus. they play the ugly Iowa State Cyclones. Very ugly volleyball team. They don't handle to our highly attractive and equally intelligent volleyball team. Um, again, you know, I, I I need to dive into it. I, I don't know if Peyton Williams is going to be playing both in basketball and volleyball. I, I need to look in and see if she's going to be suiting up for both. But again, with her uh, volleyball and basketball career, you only get so many more games of her. So I tell folks to uh, hop on ESPN Plus Friday if you don't have anything going on or next Monday uh, just to soak up greatness. Mount Rushmore. Um, we'll Yes, exactly. Mount Rushmore. I'm going to try to make a point uh, that anyone who's ever asked, Peyton Williams is going up on Mount Rushmore. So um, we'll dive into Coach Kleiman's press conference and general football news real quick. He opened up the press conference, uh, his opening statement, with high praise of the team being able to dominate time of possession, being so dominant on third and fourth down. Again, these are stats that any generic person talking about a football game is going to harp on. But when you look at the success over the last three weeks, time of possession and third and fourth down offense and defense really tells the tale. Um, how pleased have you been with that aspect of K-State's game the last I mean, weeks? I've been <laughs> extremely pleased. I mean, we were 3-2 and two at one point, and the creeping doubt, I think, was coming into all of our heads. And it could not have been a better three-game stretch. Um I think starting off that win against TCU, it was kind of an ugly game, but just getting over that hump, believing that you can win games again and being in a tough scenario um, where it took a game-winning drive to win, and we've just built on that ever since. Um, Being dominant on third and fourth down, though, yes, I agree. It's like extremely generic um, talking point, but K-State is dominant. I mean, that is like one of the flagships of this defense being dominant on third down and getting not letting teams stay on the field. So it's huge um, going forward. I'm just extremely impressed with how Scotty Hazleton has kind of transformed this defense. Um, time of possession is also huge, just grinding teams down into a, a powder when they don't have the ball. And just it's particularly important in this conference, you know, not giving guys like Jalen Hurts or even, you know, KU Carter Stanley in that offense uh, more chances to, to use their use their weapons. Another thing Kleiman said that I was pleased to hear, he was asked specifically about, I believe it was Nick Kaltmeyer's quote-unquote unnecessary roughness penalty when all it was was a pancake block. Uh, he was asked about that, and Kleiman made sure to stress that he doesn't want to coach the aggressiveness out of the team. Uh, said that they will talk to them about making sure they don't do stupid stuff, but he doesn't want to coach the aggressiveness out of them. That was something I love to hear because, again, I like playing with a little spice, a little edge. And if you get a unnecessary roughness or a personal foul for just finishing off a block like that, you don't want to take those 15 yards, but, you know, that's something I can live with. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's a great answer. And, I mean, Kaltmeyer did literally did nothing wrong in that scenario anyway. So um, I think he's right. We need to find a bit of a balance here, but you don't want to take away the aggressiveness of your players. Um, another thing to keep an eye on, he was asked about the redshirt rule with a lot of guys coming up against that four-game limit. Um, he said a lot of the deciding factors will depend on injuries across the entire team, but they do know who they would ideally like to redshirt. So, you know, guys like Joe Irvin, 
Um, he's at that four-game limit, so could be some big decisions coming up soon with, with some running back injuries. Yeah, I think until – and I think it's mentioned a little bit later. I think Joe Irvin might end up burning it, um, even though we may not want to – because I think we're gonna we're gonna need to lean on him to help us get across the uh, regular season with Jordan Brown and James Gilbert obviously not a hundred percent. Here was the big 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 news of the day: AJ Parker has a fracture in his ankle. Um, he's out for the foreseeable future. Doesn't know if he's gonna need surgery or not. Um, you texted me when it happened. I was listening to the press conference on my phone. Um, that's a massive blow. It is. It's really unfortunate. You got to feel for AJ Parker. It's the third straight year we've lost our best our best corner to a significant injury. Um, it's unfortunate, but I think we're lucky to have guys like Kevion McGee step up, um, Patterson step up, and even Lance Robertson to be that fourth guy. Yep, th- that he did mention that was going to be the depth chart. Um, I, McGee and Patterson they are seniors, so they they have experience. They have the seniority, they played a lot this season, so we could be in a much worse situation. I guess these, this is kind of the inverse of you and I. We, we think we might rotate a little too much on defense. Well, this is the situation that they're prepping right. for because you do have a major injury, but you have two guys who have been playing a ton this season. True, and I'm excited to see Lance Robertson, uh, Lance Robinson possibly get some minutes here. If I agree. Um, Feynman was asked uh, about, you know, about Mike McCoy, uh, Kellis Robinette used that elite uh, backflip as a reason to talk about him. But Clement, such high praise for Mike McCoy, has said he's been able to help out with Coach Bratt, bring energy amongst the running backs in practice. He was very happy that he could stay a part of the program despite having that career cut short due to injury. Um, we're massive Mike McCoy fans on this podcast. He's a Topeka cat. Um, you know, Mike, if you're listening, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I have no doubt that you're going to achieve big things, whether it's in the world of football or just in life. And it's a joy seeing you interact on the sidelines and really bring that energy. Um, not many people in that situation would be able to do what Mike McCoy's doing. And it's, I, I'm just, I'm just happy he's, he's a part of the K-State program. I don't know if you cut out again there, but I'm sure you were saying some nice things about Mike McCoy. It cut out a little bit when you said not many people, but um, yeah, we, we can both agree that, you know, we're huge fans of Mike McCoy. Love the Topeka Cats. Um, come on the show, Mike. Yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to get Mike McCoy on the show. Maybe use that as an excuse to get Taylor Bratt on again as well. Uh, we'll probably have to go through the proper channels season <laughs> to make that happen. Or we could just go rogue. Who knows? Um, I, don't, I don't know who it was, but someone made sure to ask Coach Klein if he was going to Go to the basketball game tonight since we are playing North Dakota State. <laughs> He's going to try to make it to the second half. Again, I, I, he, he hated that question. He, he did <laughs> not like that question. I know. You see it in his face. He's just like, really? That's what you're If we ever me? interview him again, you and I are going to have to get together and really do some long deliberation over our questions and how serious they're going to be because he's all business. It's It's totally scary. I, I I don't know. It, you know the offseason is eventually going to come up, and I think we're going to try to get some coaches on. Uh, timing didn't work out getting Bruce Weber on, but I think uh, in the summer and this offseason we're going to try to get him back on. I want to get some of the football assistants back on, but I don't know if I – like he just didn't have fun, and he's scared. <laughs> I, I, like, again, he, he doesn't demean the reporters when they ask something, but you, you can just see it in his eyes and – I I don't know. He's he's ugh. he I scares he scares us in a good way though. Like after we yeah, after we yeah, talked to him, it was like we both came out immediately after that and we're like, wow, he literally the only thing he wants to do is work on this football team. Yeah, that's it. And it's uh, showing. It's showing. It it is showing. Uh, he made sure to uh, give high praise for Skyler, what he's been able to do uh, pre-snap and the pressure he's been able to uh, take on and all the audibles. Um, he did mention that they're still waiting to see if Brown and Gilbert can go. He's hoping he can get at least one. Doesn't think both will play. He says Jordan is closer than James. Both guys in the player breakouts told our friends over at KSA Online and John Kurtz at K-Man 
that they thought they could have gone the entire game last week. Uh, do you think it kind of was like one of those things where they there was a rotation they were going to give Trotter the first two series and then go from there? They're like, okay, we're kicking their ass. We don't need to, we don't need to risk yeah, anything. Yeah, possibly, and I just don't know. <laughs> and this is not like a shot to any player in particular, but I just don't know how much you can trust when a player says that they're ready to go. Because um, especially in football, they're probably actually more injured than – than you know they say they are so i think it's probably best to err on the side of caution but um you know gilbert did say that he expects to play saturday against texas so we'll see what happens definitely he uh closed up the press conference saying that he was very pleased with the leadership on this team uh because he was asked about you know the emotions you know coming off two emotional games so he's been pleased with the leadership keeping everyone uh at the proper level uh, but he did say that you only get 12 opportunities, so you need to play, you know, with that high emotion every chance you can get. Again, he just – he may not like the way questions are asked or some of the questions asked, but he basically knocks out of the park every time he does answer. Yeah, I mean, he's in, he's incredible on Mike, and uh, I don't know. The man knows how to run a program. It's, it's very evident at this point. Um, but I agree. I think we've had great leadership, made the transition for him extremely easy. Perfect. And know what else is super easy? Shaving your balls if you have the lawnmower 2.0. At least that's what I'm told because I still don't have one. But if you go to manscaped.com and use promo code armchair, you can get 20% off lawnmower 2.0, all the bombs and lotions, body wash, everything in that store, and get free shipping. Grant, since you actually got that gift pack, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about our friends at Manscaped? Well, I think you nailed it there. Um, it's true. I have some nice body wash. I have some, I guess, ball deodorant I have not used because, I i don't know, I haven't thought about it. But the trimmer is actually pretty legit. Um, I was honestly trying to cut myself, and I couldn't do it. Um, so you should get it. Lawnmower 2.0, it's really solid. Head over to manscaped.com. Armchair is the promo code. You get 20% off and free shipping. Head over there and do it. Now let's head to our primers, the Texas Primer from Brad Kellner of 104.7 The Horn down in Austin, Texas. He's going to do the Texas Primer. And our very favorite guys, K-State Online, are going to provide our, our primer this week. It's Logan Mance. So there you go, guys. Yep, Logan did Good it. job, Logan. So, uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, so tune in and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the game. What's up, guys? This is BK Brad Kellner from 104.9 The Horn in Austin, Texas, the flagship station for Texas Longhorn Sports. And this is your Texas primer for the matchup between the Longhorns and Wildcats coming up on Saturday. The Longhorns are 5-3 and three thus far in 2019, including 3-2 and two in Big 12 Conference play. Two of the losses have come at the hands of two of the top 10 teams in the country, including number one LSU, which was a thriller here in Austin back in early September. The Tigers knocked off the Longhorns 45-38 in a shootout. Texas also lost a neutral site game at the Cotton Bowl to Oklahoma. 34-27, to 27. so two top 10 losses by a combined 14 points. Things seem to be rolling in the right direction despite that for Texas until about a week and a half ago, Texas made the trip to Fort Worth to take on TCU, and the Longhorns lost to the Horned Frogs 37-27. to 27. It was the fifth time in the last six years that TCU has knocked off Texas. The Longhorns were a point, point and a half favored in that game, but the offense really struggled to get things going against Gary Patterson's defense, and the Longhorn defense, which has been a problem all year long, folded in the third and fourth quarters up in Fort Worth. So the big conversation with this Texas team all year long has been the defense or lack thereof. The Longhorns rank 126th out of 130 FBS teams in pass defense. The Longhorns have battled inexperience and injuries in their secondary all season long, and it has cost them time and time again in 2019. Missed tackles, missed assignments, blown coverages, it's all been there. And Todd Orlando, the defensive coordinator for Texas, he is arguably coaching for his job over the final four weeks of the season. That has been the biggest storyline and the biggest topic of conversation all year long, but especially over the month of October in conference play as this Texas defense has regressed more than anything over the last month. Of course, the Longhorns coming off a bye week after that 10-point loss to TCU. 
the expectations going into the season for the Longhorns were pretty high. I mean, there were folks around here expecting this team to be a potential college football playoff contender. You even had national reporters picking Texas to make the Final Four this year. But a lot of folks, at minimum, expected Texas to at least make it to the Big 12 championship game at Jerry World in early December. Those expectations have clearly changed. Right now, the Longhorns sitting at 3-2 and two in Big 12 play. Texas no longer controls its own destiny to get to that Big 12 championship game. The Longhorns likely need to win out and get some help from some other teams across the conference if they want to play in that Big 12 title game. Can Texas get there? Absolutely. But they have to play a whole heck of a lot better than the way that they've played over the last couple of weeks if they want to win four games in a row to close out the 2019 season. Expectations around these parts have changed a little bit. Some folks, once again, saying playoff, saying maybe 10 wins, maybe 11 wins. I was sort of at the 9-3 and three win mark before the year started for Texas. Now there's some folks who are thinking 7-5, and 8-4, and four, a little bit more realistic of a possibility for this Texas team just based off the last month of play. If the Longhorns are going to win this game against Kansas State and are going to put a little winning streak together to close out the 2019 regular season, it's going to start with that offense, and it's going to start with the quarterback Sam Ellinger, a junior in his third year as the signal caller for this Texas offense. Ellinger was a dark horse Heisman candidate going into the season. He's played really well up until the last couple of weeks. Really just that TCU game was a problem for him. Sam Ellinger is still one of the best quarterbacks in this conference and in all of college football. Texas fans feel like if he plays well, well, they've got a shot to compete with anyone in the country. Also, the wide receivers, they're two studs for the Longhorns, both of them seniors. Devin Duvernay leads the country with 69 receptions this year. Also, Colin Johnson, a 6'6", big play, 50-50 ball threat down the field for the Longhorns. He's been battling injuries this season, so his stats aren't great, but uh, he's been back and healthy and continues to be a problem for opposing Big 12 defenses. Those are the two wide receivers. Outside of those two guys, not a whole lot of experience, not a whole lot of talent at the wide receiver position for Texas. So if you contain those two, you feel like you've got a shot to slow down this Texas offense. So if Texas is going to go on a run over the last month of the season, it's going to start with their offense. The biggest weakness has been this Longhorn defense, especially the secondary all year long. This team will get some guys back from injury, including freshman All-American from a season ago, Caden Stearns. How effective he will be is a question. The bye week uh, came at a good time for this Texas defense, but even when some of these guys are healthy in the back end, it has been a struggle for the Longhorns on that side of the football. And Kansas State does something really well that has given Texas problems not only this year, but in the entire two-and-a-half-year run of Tom Herman and Todd Orlando. Kansas State has a dual-threat quarterback. Skyler Thompson, as you guys know, great with his arm, great with his legs. Dual-threat quarterbacks have been a problem for this Texas defense over the last couple of years. And if y'all remember last year's game, Alex Delton started the first half. Texas shut him down. They made the move to Skylar Thompson in the second half, and he almost led a comeback against Texas. So Skylar Thompson has to be confident against this Longhorn defense. And once again, Texas has struggled to stop running quarterbacks over the last couple of years. Keys to the game for this one, the turnover battle is obviously huge, but just the battle of the lines of scrimmage. You know, Texas and Kansas State have each played the same three opponents over the last month of the season. And Kansas State is 3-0, and while Texas is 1-2 and against light competition. The biggest difference that I've noticed from watching Texas and from watching Kansas State, the Wildcats have been more physical against those opponents. And they have dominated both lines of scrimmage against the likes of Kansas, Oklahoma, and TCU. Meanwhile, Texas up front has been really dominated at times against all three of those opponents. The Longhorns need to turn things around up front on the offensive and defensive lines if they want to knock off K-State. My prediction on Saturday, you guys might like this. I'm picking Kansas State. I'm picking Kansas State to win this football game. We're going to go 34-28. to I love what Chris Kleiman is doing in year one up there. Skylar Thompson, once again, a dual-threat quarterback. Those guys have given problems to Texas over the years. Just feels like K-State is better on both lines of scrimmage right now. I don't trust this Texas defense to make big stops late in the game to give the Longhorns a chance to win. So I've got K-State winning this one, pulling off the upset in Austin, Texas. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Once again, I'm Brad Kellner, BK from 104.9 The Horn in Austin. And if you're in Austin this weekend, check out the post-game show right after the game on The Horn. I'll be on that as well. Safe travels. Thanks for listening. 
Hello, Bosco Boys. This is Logan Mance, intern from KSO, and this is the primer for the game at Texas. Well, your Wildcats have moved up from 22 to 20 in the rankings and knocking off the Jayhawks in their Super Bowl. Looking at that game, uh, Scotty Hazleton dialed up a massive blitz, turning Carter Stanley into the best player on K-State, throwing two picks. One just practically to Daquan Patton. <laughs> and Puka Williams was, wasn't really a factor, so we should, really shouldn't just talk about him. Skylar Thompson was basically, you know, Michael Vick in Madden 2004. Just a cheat code, had three rushing touchdowns. Escaped defenders, found Schoen for a big play on, I believe it was third down. And Harry Chotter, the wizard, almost broke 100 yards rushing with the TD and K-State regains the Governor's Cup and brings that back to Manhattan. Sorry, Jeff Long. Uh, K-State is now eligible for a bowl and my expectations are sky high from here. You know, you could easily win out and maybe even make a New York, uh, a New Year's Six Bowl and you, they just have all the accomplishments already very good and looking at the strengths in the game and how will they attempt to win the game you got to think about it run the ball like they've been doing run the ball run it and attack their secondary their secondary has been kind of beaten up they do kind of get people back after the bye week they get Kane Stearns and the rest of their secondary has been a big weakness for Texas, um, K-State's weaknesses thus far uh, really have not been much, but I say A.J. Parker going down, that's got to hurt K-State, and and Texas will definitely throw the ball. Uh, looking at two key players for K-State, I'd say Skyler Thompson. He's been lights out this far, and got to look for him to be really good. Linebacking core, Daquan Patton had a really good game. Um, look for him to bounce back and maybe have another good game. I predict the game 27-24. Wildcats pull off the victory in Austin. Again, signing off, I'm Logan Mance from KSO. Uh, that's it. Three, two, one. Thank you to Brad at 104.7. The Horn down in Austin, Texas, one of the only friends we made down there at Big 12 Media Day this past summer. And to Logan, hey, man, how's it going, buddy? Thank you for helping us out. Uh, now let's talk about the buildup to this game and what it means. Uh, if you would have talked to fans at the beginning of the season, you would have told them at this point in the season you're going to have bowl eligibility, you're going to beat KU, and you're already going to have a signature win, folks would be elated. But here's the thing. There is so much more to play for for this team. Uh, they can accomplish some stuff that you don't see often in Power 5 college football. Coach Kleiman has this team firing on all cylinders. And who's to say that 10 wins isn't selling the table? Who's to say a berth in Arlington isn't selling the table? Who's to say a New Year's Six Bowl game isn't selling the table? And why the hell not can they not knock off the two marquee teams in the big 12 uh some folks would say it's gravy frosting etc cetera, etc cetera. but you and i sat with coach Hunter. we mentioned it you know before the primers that man wants to win football games and he wasn't going to call it a rebuilding process he wasn't going to say it was a culture overhaul this is what he knew he was going to do this season and uh quite frankly i'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself that i doubted it after we met with him uh what what do you think is on the table this week down in Austin? All those things you just mentioned. Um, you know, I guess the only team, the only people that are are to say that those things aren't on the table are the guys on the remaining schedule. But and even more frosting, you know, to add to this, who would have thought at the beginning of the season that only one of these teams would be ranked in this game and that it would be the Cats? I mean, I think all those things that you mentioned, if you were to tell me those things, I would have told you that you're high. Um, but it's extremely exciting. Um, being six and two, being bowl eligible, that was the goal going into this year. Honestly, if we can if we can scrape it to six wins, 
get to bowl eligibility, I think everyone across the board would have been pretty happy. But now it's, it's just you're right. We're we've got we've got the whole world. We want to take over the world at this point. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting. There's really no other way to put it. <clears throat> if we win this game, I think that you legitimately can say it, and it's not. I, again, we've done this a couple times, and we have to sometimes try to stop ourselves from getting so excited. But if you do win this game, you, you legitimately can start crafting out scenarios in which you do make it back to Arlington. Yeah, I mean, I, com- I completely agree. Um, it's exciting, and it's just I, – I think that this is the point where, you know, people – People want you to like tone it down, but it's like I mentioned it in the last podcast where it's like, why? You're fans. This is what we've all been desperate for 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 so long. This is what we've been aching for since you know, 2014, 2012, um, to have important games in November, um, to have a championship game to possibly look forward to, maybe a big bowl game. Um, why not? Everyone should be buying in at this point. Um, buy all the extra tickets you can. Get to Manhattan, to Manhattan if you can. Shit, get to Austin, Texas if you can. Um, these are what you live for these years as a fan. We're 6-2. and two. Why not? I think the sky's in the limit at this point. Exactly. You are catching Texas on a little bit of bad timing. They are starting to get healthy after a bye week. Of course, we're coming in a little banged up. Um, are, are you a little disappointed that that's how timing worked out? Or are you just saying, fuck it, like bring on Alabama. Bring It doesn't matter it doesn't matter who's healthy uh you're just ready to see the cats play again i'm just ready to see the cats play again um you know it it's just i'm to the point where i'm just fully bought in i truly think that chris Kleiman is an elite elite head coach um we're eight games into his tenure and for me for me to say that um yeah maybe it's a little hyper a little bit of hyperbole but look at look at the man's career look what he's done he's this is what he's done his entire time coaching football. And, you know, you're right. He said it when he came in here. This is not a rebuild. Uh, we're we're going to win this year, and he's proving it. So uh, it's huge. Um, I hope I hope that we're not too banged up. Um, I think that that's probably our biggest obstacle um, to to achieve these goals that, that we have set, these, these sky-high goals that you and I have set. But um, that's just that it is what it is. That's football. Um, and K State obviously has a thinner margin for error than Texas does in terms of like roster, you know, roster depth and whatnot. But I'm hoping next man up, I'm hoping next man up can ring true and we can just go to Austin and come out with a dub. Yep. Texas obviously probably isn't back. We acknowledge that now. Uh, we're a big Texas podcast. <laughs> isn't the case but here's the thing how many power five coaches in their first year at their power five school start off their like start off their tenure with two wins over name brand programs like texas and oklahoma you've got to think that climbing would be in rarefied air if he could pull off the upside down awesome on saturday yeah you could probably count it on one hand um and i gotta get a shout out to mike mike smith um he was telling me you know texas is not back all all preseason and that you know we were wrong so i got to give a shout out to mike um because he was right but yeah it would be massive it would be massive um it's just a huge statement i think from chris Kleiman to say hey we are we are here k-state is here and i'm not i'm not fucking going anywhere iowa state's a nobody um they're pretenders OU, texas you got to watch out for us i love it all right um that's basically how we're framing up so much uh, to play for again Saturday can't get here soon enough um let's get into keys to V grant give me your first one and make it good otherwise we're kicking you off all right well I just came up with it because I forgot about keys to V um I'm gonna say continue to hold <laughs> continue to hold true to that elite third down defense you know being on the road is extremely tough especially being on the road in Austin um, I'm not expecting them to have a capacity crowd but still you're looking at 90,000 plus um on the road against you know the Texas Longhorns who are going to want to make a statement we got to give our defense some rest we can't be letting you know Sam Ellinger stay on the field um keep keep that third down defense elite 
I like it. For coming up with it that quick, that's a very good one. Now i got to come up with another one. Well, hey, you know, I'm going to talk real quick about third down defense, and then I'll talk about mine. I'll give you enough time to come up with it. Um, the third down defense, I think, is maybe the thing that I love so much about this team versus last year's team. Again, KSU underscore fan could blow this up and, you know, tweet at us and, you know, put put me in my place if I'm about to say something that's wrong. But I felt like our third down defense last year just was not great. Um you kind of had like a dread every time it got to third down. You're like, oh, no, here we go again. Like, we're going to give something up. This year, I'm like, all right, here, let's pin the, pin the ears back, go get the quarterback, and then let's get the ball back. Um, so that's a fun evolution of how this season's gone. My first one, this is going to contradict a little bit what I said earlier, but don't commit tons of high yardage penalties, regardless of what you think about Texas. They still have a ton of talent on their roster and giving them an extra – 100 yards of field position of moving the ball, moving yourself back is not a recipe for success. Again, if you have one early tone setting, uh, you know, drive them to the ground block, a super hard hit, nothing dirty. But if you set the tone once, okay, that's fine. But you can't have six of them. You can't be getting tons of holding penalties or pass interference penalties. If we can keep the penalty yardage under 40, I think that is the formula. I, I don't want to give up any more than 40 yards penalty yardage. And if we can do that, I think the way we play and the way Texas has been this year, I think you're going to be in that ball game. I love it. I don't know how much you're going to love this one, but I say run Skylar Thompson. Hey, this is college football. It's a prominent part of our offense, and damn it, against what I truly want, it works. It's what beat TCU. It's what beat Oklahoma. It's what beat KU. I'm not saying use them as a battering ram, and I think our coaches has a, have a very keen instinct on how much to be running him, but I say we keep that quarterback running run game rolling because it opens up so much more for our offense, and I think it could really kill Texas. Well, man... I, I do get a little nervous the way you said that, but uh. I mean, we're gonna run him. <laughs> He's gonna run. I'm not saying like, I, like I said, don't use him as a battering ram, but here and there, it works so well. And I think I think a lot of it, obviously, against KU was uh, quarterback scramble, and that really killed them. So we can kind of rely on Skyler a little bit to have those instincts to you know when to run and when not to run. But hey. I mean, we've added that wrinkle, and it absolutely murdered Oklahoma. So I say we keep it going. Just as long as he doesn't take any big hits. Um, but that you, I agree with. That that really does mesh well with my final one. It's going to be keep capitalizing in the red zone. They've been so very good in the fir- in the last three games doing that. And guess what? That just so happens to be the three Big 12 wins. When you get in the red zone, you need to score touchdowns, especially when you probably don't have that level of talent uh, to go toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano. Um, but here's the thing. I we, We've been doing it well. And, again, Skylar Thompson has that nose for the end zone. So I think those two go hand-in-hand. Hand. Those are our keys to be. Tune in to the very last prediction to find out our scores. Um, it's time for the week. Pick them again, presented by mybookie.ag, promo code CHAIR, for 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Uh, we got 15 games, all the Big 12 games, ESPN, College Game Day, Game of the Week, and random games I throw in there. Um, boneheads vote via Twitter. You and I go head-to-head. Um, way better week for everyone than the previous couple weeks. Grant, you went 11-4, and four, bringing your win total up to 97 with 51 losses. The Boneheads went 12-3. and three. They're 98-50. and 50. And I went 12-3 and three at 148. I'm old and strong, but anything can happen. This is week 11. Still so many games left to be picked. It's anybody's ball game. Let's hop into it. November 9th, 11 a.m., Fox Sports, the number 11 Bears going to TCU. Boneheads, 82% Baylor. I have Baylor. That's a sweep, correct? Fuck it, TCU. Whoa. Let's go. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay. I just realized they don't really have a quarterback, but I'm still rolling with it. Let's go. TCU. Okay, yeah. No Alex Dalton. He's left. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, who? who uh, oh, God. Who's their freshman? 
broke his hand. Duggan. Duggan broke his hand. So, I, I mean, they're probably going to be starting Gary Patterson at quarterback. Like, whatever. I'll let you, I'll let you back out of it if you want. That's all right. Let's go. Okay, I love it. Um, 11 a.m., ESPN2, Texas Tech at West Virginia. The Boneheads have West Virginia 61%. I'm going with Texas Tech. Who do you have? I got West Virginia. All right. November 9th, this is 7 p.m. on Big Boy Fox. Iowa State at number nine, Oklahoma. Very proud of the Boneheads. 91% are on Oklahoma. I, too, have Oklahoma. I think they win this by four possessions. I hope so. I've got OU big. Big. Uh, uh, November 9th, 11 a.m., ABC, number five, Penn State, at number 13, Minnesota. P.J. Fleck begged for a college game day. He didn't get it. Penn State, 83% is the bonehead pick. I also have Penn State. I also have them big. I'm saying 17 points. Clean sweep. Penn All State. Right. No, November 9th, 2.30, ACC Network, number 22, Wake Forest at Virginia Tech. The people out in the desert have this as a very close game. That's why it made it into this list. The Boneheads have Wake Forest 67%. I, too, have Wake Forest. The enter Sandman happens. The people out in Vegas think something's up. Are you going with the Hokies or are you going with the Demon Deacons? Demon Deacons. Great name. You get more play when people talk about great mascots. I agree. Uh, 3 p.m. on Fox, number 18, Iowa, at number 16, Wisconsin. The Boneheads jumping around, 74% on the Badgers. I have the Badgers by 10. Who do you got? I got Wisconsin. I think they're due for due for a bounce back here. I agree. I don't think I was that. I don't think they're all that. Uh, Pac-12 Network, Stanford at Colorado, 2 p.m. Boneheads, 54% have the old buddies, the Buffaloes. I have Stanford. I got Stanford, too. All right, 1 p.m., ESPN3, UTSA at Old Dominion. The Boneheads are riding with David, 56%. I'm riding with David. Go Runners. Who do you have? the runners hell yeah i'll give you a dollar if you can tell me what the the old dominion what oh shit um i don't know top of my head i can't remember monarchs oh i was not even close would have never got that all right uh facebook live has our old buddy seth latrell at louisiana tech the boneheads have the bulldogs of louisiana tech 59 percent. i have louise louisiana tech can Seth Luttrell, get this win and get closer to maybe getting to a bowl game. I don't know. I think I'll go with Tech. I agree with you. I think I think uh, Seth Luttrell staying home for the holidays. Uh, also on Facebook Live, again, I do this to educate the boneheads. There's games all over Facebook. I love living in 2019. San Jose State is going to Hawaii. This is 10 p.m., the Gambler Delight. The Boneheads have the Rainbow Warriors, 68%. I'm riding with Hawaii as well. Mahalo. I think that's something they say on the island. Who do you have? I don't think I'll ever pick against Hawaii. Go I Hawaii. put that to a test. I think uh, I, I did. But from here on out, I, I always like Hawaii. Screw it. I like throwing in the Hawaii game. I like throwing in the North Texas game. And I like throwing in games at fun locations. On ESPN U. 2.30 p.m. celebrating 150 years of college football in the Ivy League at Yankee Stadium. Princeton versus Dartmouth. The Boneheads have the Dartmouth what? What's uh, the Dartmouth name? The Dartmouth Dartmouth. The Dartmouths. The Dartboards. No, I, I believe they're the Big Green. 52%. I have the Princeton Tigers. Who do you have? I was going to pick Dartmouth, but... The big green? No, thank you. Tigers all the way. All righty. Friday Night Lights, uh, 9.30 p.m., Fox Sports 1, Washington at Oregon State. Boneheads have the Huskies 80%. I also have Washington. I had to get a Pac-12 game in there. The Pac-12 is trash. Who do you have? Purple Power. Go Huskies. All right. This one is going to be a very close one. 6 p.m., ESPN2, Appalachian State at South Carolina. Boneheads have the Gamecocks 52%, but I'm going with Appalachian State. Bounce back after an embarrassing loss. Who do you have? Mm. App State. Let's do it. Let's roll together. Love it. All right. Here's here's when it gets fun. College game day, game of the week, 2.30 p.m., but it's on CBS. 
the game of the century, number one LSU at number two Alabama. Boneheads, go Tigers. 69%, very nice. Uh, I'm going with LSU right now just because I have no idea if Tua is going to be able to play. I know LSU just lost a linebacker and a wide receiver, but if Tua can't play, LSU might win big in Tuscaloosa. I haven't paid attention. I didn't realize LSU was number one. Um, I'm going with the Tigers, obviously. Wow, clean sweep. I, I think we're all going to be wrong, but that's okay. Yeah, well, I I mean, if, if I can get a definitive an- answer on Tua, I might change it, but we're rocking with Coach O and the Tigers. All right, here's the game that we've all been waiting for. 2.30 p.m. Or, yeah, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN, number 20, K-State at Texas. The Boneheads, 87% with K-State. I went back and forth on this, but you know what? I want to practice what I preach. I'm going all in. I have K-State 31, 30, and I have Blake Lynch hitting a 42-yard field goal at the buzzer. Off the upright. Uh, Yes, off the upright. On purpose. On purpose. Long shot. And he manscapes. Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code armchair for 20% off. I would like my pack, please. All right, who do you have? Completely agree with you. Back to picking with my heart. Cats, get it done in Austin. Give me a score. Uh, 28-17. We, we, we get a late touchdown. Love it. I love it so much. All right, Boneheads. That's all we got for you today. Remember, check out our sponsors, manscaped.com. Promo code armchair for 20% off. Check out mybookie.ag, promo code CHAIR. Uh, Give Logan some love on social media. Give our buddy. Hey, hey, anyone who is down in Texas going to the game, make sure to listen to Brad and the post-game coverage on 104.7 The Horn. I just realized who that was. That was the guy that came up to the table. Did you not hear me when I said he was the only friend we made at Big 12 Media Day? Well, I did hear that, but then I like I just could not remember who you were talking about. But, yeah, that guy was cool. Handsome wow. young fella. Yeah, he is a handsome young fella. If you're down in Austin, listen to him every day over on 104.7 The Horn. Um, we love you guys. Um, I don't know what our Friday show is going to be. If I can't start to feel any better, Grant might have to do it on his own. Maybe be, look, be on the lookout for one of us on a Texas podcast later this week as well. We love you guys. Uh, You know what? That's all I got. That's all I got, too. Go Cats, beat Texas, meet me at the Cathead. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Get some rest. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit. Wildcat in fire.
Social Podcast Network.